Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing The Time Traveler's Wife. The Time Traveler's Wife was written by Audrey Niffenegger and published in 2003. And the film adaptation was directed by Robert Schwentke and came out in 2009. Yeah. Woo! Time traveling. Boy, we have a we have a lot to discuss because this was a dense book. Yeah, this is over 500 pages. Over 500 pages. And I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, one thing before we start, <laughs> uh, we do have a special guest with us today. <laughs> a cat by the name of Luna that we're cat sitting. Yeah. So if you hear a little bell or us screaming Luna <laughs> or the sound of claws on a sofa, yeah. it, it's Luna. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's that. Also, we have to, I, I really want to preface this episode because there's a kind of a funny story with the time traveler's wife and the two of us. Yeah. Uh, because I'm a time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I have to wait here and, for you to get back. <laughs> you're, you're not even my wife, which is funny. <laughs> Yet. Uh, so were, were we watching it on TV or were you just telling me about it? So I read this um, probably like five or six years ago now, maybe even seven years ago, um, and really liked it. But the problem when you read a lot of books is that no one else is reading them with you, so you like want to <laughs> talk about them, but you have no one to talk about them with. Mm-hmm. And that's been what's really great about this podcast, honestly, because like my dream is just <laughs> reading a book with someone at the same time, and then we have an in-depth discussion about it, like beyond like, oh, I liked this character. Oh yeah, this one was good. Like that's all people say when they talk about books to each other. Yeah. So I'm like, I just want to have a, like express my in-depth feelings. So before the podcast, I think this was before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it was before the podcast. We were like folding laundry one day and I just started telling Ian the entire plot of the time traveler's wife. <laughs> and it was funny because <laughs> Adina does this a lot, but this was like a special <clears throat> case because uh, she started telling me about it, and I was like, now wait, hold on a minute, because if he goes back in time, and I had, like, one question, and then yeah. she'd tell me about it, and then, like, a part of the plot with it, and then something else, I'd be like, now wait, hold on, how does this work? <laughs> and flash forward, like, an hour, and you had told me, essentially, every, like, major plot detail. Oh, yeah. And, like, element of this entire story from beginning <laughs> to end. And it was so enjoyable. It was, like... Getting to experience it in the movies or something. Usually people don't have this reaction when I do this. (laughs) (laughs) I try not to. I don't always have that reaction, but this was an instance where I was like really into this conversation. Yeah. So Ian went into it basically knowing everything. Kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, I only told you the plot of season two. (laughs) Uh, I knew a lot about Buffy before we started. I'll just say that. I had a lot of feelings and I needed to talk about them. (laughs) Yeah. I have a problem. <laughs> it's okay. That's why this is our therapy. Yeah. Is you just getting to unload about one book. All my opinions. To me and just to a lot of other people. Exactly. So, yeah. So I can stop spoiling things for people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I really wanted us to do this one because I loved reading the book so much. And I could tell that Ian was interested in the plot. And I was like, I think you would like it. Because it has such an interesting take on time travel. It's not what a usual science fiction novel on time travel Mm -hmm. would be like. And so we decided to do it. And I'm really glad we did. 
oh my god, yeah, I really, really liked this book. Yeah. Uh, I won't say yet how I felt about the movie, but <laughs> I really, really enjoyed this book. And because the book is so dense, we're probably going to be talking about the book mostly. Yeah. And then referring back to the movie. Because mm-hmm. for the most part, the movie just leaves things out. Yeah. Uh, it isn't that different. No, not for the most part. There are a couple key elements, but... Yeah, for the most part, it just leaves things out. So we'll kind of go back to it mm-hmm. sporadically, but uh, we'll probably cover a lot of the book for the most part. And the way this book starts is with Claire. Uh, <laughs> Did you just forget her? I, <laughs> I was literally like, what was I going to say? <laughs> uh, the book starts with Claire meeting Henry. Mm-hmm. She's 20. He's yeah. 28. Mm-hmm. And it's this funny situation because... So Henry's a time traveler, right? Yeah. And maybe we should establish this first. Yeah, like let's the talk r- about rules the rules. Of, I'm sorry, we wrote this down and I just completely <laughs> went off without even looking at You're our, already off script. I'm already <laughs> off script. I have written down, explain rules. <laughs> <laughs> so with time travel, there's always like a different take on it, different rules to the time travel. And this book is no different. Um, but in this case... Uh, Henry is a time traveler, but it's something that just happens to him. So it's almost like a disease, a genetic mutation, some kind of like problem that his body has where he just finds himself falling back in time. And what happens is he like literally disappears Mm -hmm. and he time travels naked. So he can't bring anything with him. So he's always leaving his clothes behind in a heap when he disappears. And then he appears somewhere else naked. Yeah. And I really appreciate uh, the author's commitment to this concept. Yeah. Because it puts him in a very specific instance each time. Yeah. Where he's naked and has to get clothes and either it's raining or cold or like he's just in the elements. Yeah. And I love that she sticks with that because it creates so many interesting scenarios. Yeah. There's so many things that happen just because of that one thing. And another important factor is that he can't control it. So this just happens spontaneously to him. So he doesn't control when he time travels, and he also doesn't control what time he travels to. Yeah. So he travels to the past and the future, but he most often travels to the past. And I think there's a part in the book where he talks about it, how events in the past kind of have a stronger pull on him and Mm -hmm. on his memory, and maybe that's why he keeps going back to certain places and certain times. Yeah. He talks about, like, how events in his life have like a gravity to them that pulls him back into it, Mm -hmm. uh, which is an interesting concept. And on top of that, in order to to help understand this a little bit better, because this was something I was confused about when Adina was explaining it to me the first time, but he is traveling along like a normal timeline. Yeah. And then he'll just jump back in time for a bit and then jump back onto his timeline. He always comes back to where he came from. Yeah. He'll always return back to where, so he's not jumping from like, 1973 to 2003 to 1994. He's not living his life in chunks. No, no. He kind of keeps jumping in and out of this main timeline he's existing in. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because sometimes he'll be in the past for like four days. Yeah. But he's only disappeared from his timeline from like for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And And it's arbitrary. Yeah. And at one point he's wondering like he knows he's like 35 at one point, but he's like, I could be older because, like, I might have spent more time in the past than, like, yeah. I don't know how old my body is. Your, yeah, his actual body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's interesting, too, is that, so, when he time travels to the past, there's often, like, other versions of himself there. So, he runs into himself a lot, and 
obviously he's aware that he time travels. So it's there's kind of interesting situations where there's like two Henrys in one yeah. area and stuff. And um, he'll like help himself out. Like yeah, if he child. shows up in the past and he knows where he lives at that point, he'll like and he's close, he'll like go to his apartment and yeah. be like, hey, help me, I'm and naked. And just like hang out there. <laughs> <laughs> two Henrys. Yeah. And then another th- important thing of time travel is that it appears, and Henry's kind of accepted this, that he can't change anything. Yeah, which and, is the most interesting element of the sci-fi time travel of this story is yeah. that, because most stories are about, like, we were just watching Back to the Future yeah. earlier, and it was about, like, oh, you changed the timeline, and, yeah. like, now you have to write it and, like, go back. And But this book really strongly commits to, and Henry explains it, he's like, things happen once, the way they're supposed to happen. Yeah. So he may already be living in a timeline that his 43-year-old self had gone back to and adjusted in a certain way. Yeah. He, like, it's one timeline, and nothing he does, even if he knows something's going to happen, he's just kind of accepted. He's powerless. He can't change anything about it. Yeah. Which is, you're constantly thinking about it and questioning things relating to it. Yeah, and you're kind of wondering, like, can they change it? Like... Henry says he can't and he's tried, but you're always kind of wondering like, well, maybe if they just like tried again or if they tried something different, anything, but for the most part, Henry just kind of accepts it and so does Claire. Yeah. But it's just like this theme, there's a huge theme in the book, obviously, of like fate, but also kind of like the arbitrariness of the universe and Mm -hmm. kind of like, I don't know, there's a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, but... I think it's such a smart... This is like... This book exists... This book and movie, technically, (laughs) exist in this, like, perfect sci-fi niche that I love. Yeah. Where it's a simple... I shouldn't say simple, but, you know, easy to explain science fiction element Mm -hmm. uh, that is really fully explored in all of its possibilities in the story and ties well thematically into what's going on. And in this case, you know, it is a love story. And so many love stories are about fate, Yes. You know, and like mm-hmm. we're trapped in this together. I'll always be drawn back to you. And in this instance, it's this science fiction almost making it literal. You, literal, yeah. yeah. They can't change their timeline. It's this existential, almost horror. Yeah, relating to yeah, they're, yeah. They're trapped. They're in, trapped. You know, this timeline, and there's a beauty to it, and there's a sadness to it, and it's all really explored and fleshed out in this story, which makes it so interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Claire and Henry meet. Yeah. <laughs> Back to where I had messed up. Claire and Henry meet. And it's interesting because it's the first time Henry in his life is meeting Claire. Yeah. He's 25. 28. 28, sorry. And suddenly this 20-year-old girl comes up to him. And she's like, oh, my God, Henry, it's you. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he's like uh-oh. <laughs> I have no idea who you are. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I'm so glad we finally met like in real life and everything. There's a part in the book that I love that wasn't in the movie where one of the other librarians, because yeah. he works at a library, gives him this glance like, oh, you cold bastard. Like, you slept <laughs> what with did you this do to poor this girl. girl. <laughs> it was such a funny part. Yeah, now you don't remember who she is. But she tells him, she's like, I've known you since I was a little girl. 
And he can tell right away that he must have time traveled to her, but mm-hmm. he hasn't done it yet. And so he's just kind of like, hey, I'm sorry. I just like don't know who you are. And she's like, I know, like I knew this would happen, but I'm just so excited to see you. Come get dinner with me and like I'll explain everything. Yeah. And so they get dinner t- and he's like, su- like she's very attractive and excited to meet him. Yeah. And, and of he's- course he's like, okay, I'm just going to like go with this. Let's like she's really see. hot and yeah. like I'm okay with her being really into me. Like, okay. <laughs> and so they have this dinner and... And she just dumps kind of a lot of info on him. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I grew up with you. You time traveled to my childhood frequently to my house. And so I met you and knew you and knew you were a time traveler. Also, we're married like in the future. Not yet. But you tell me that we're married. Yeah. It's like, whoa. (laughs) So it's interesting. And it sets up this paradox where Henry and Claire are married in the future. And because they're married, he time travels back to her past because her presence draws him. And he, they talk about this, how certain periods of time or things in the past have more, have like a gravity to them. Yeah. Like a gravitational pull. And Claire has a pull to her because they love each other and he's so invested in their life and their love that he finds himself in her past. And so yeah. he meets her when she's a kid and then she grows up with him. And of course she falls in love with him because she's with him all the time. Yeah. And then... He meets her and she's already like into him. And of course, he can't like resist that because she's really cute (laughs) and she's like, I love you. And And then they get together and it's like. It's this whole paradoxical loop. Yeah. That even though like you're like, I'm pretty sure this isn't how time travel would work, but I also can't disprove it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm pretty sure that's not right, but also I don't know. So it, it creates this really interesting situation especially now that all through Claire's childhood being visited by Henry Henry didn't tell her a lot no but some key information yeah and so Henry was always this kind of wise knowing person in her life and And plus he's like older when he time travels to her so he's like in his 30s and 40s when Mm -hmm. he visits Claire and so now she's with boyish 25 year old Henry yeah and now she knows everything and he knows nothing yeah now she's aware that they get married and he has no idea or that... And she knows details about their future and things like that. And she keeps making these comments to him like, oh, I thought you weren't supposed to drink. Like your doctor told you you weren't supposed to drink. And he's like, what doctor? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I have no yeah. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, oh, you meet a doctor later who helps you with your condition. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a lot to take in, but Henry's pretty enamored with her. Yeah. And, and he also kind of likes that... This is something that he he kind of accepts this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's like, this is supposed to be something important. I can tell. Yeah. And so he he's sort of like, it's not that just that she's pretty and into him. It's just that he's like, it's almost like a relief. Like this is meant to be. I can like let this be. Yeah. He's like, my life is laid out before me and yeah. I can just follow along and not care too much. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about another aspect of this story that is great in terms of it's very fucked up in a lot of ways. Oh, yes. Uh, morally ambiguous. Very morally ambiguous, but it just embraces it, and it I does. love that about it. Yeah. And so I guess let's talk a little bit about, because at this point in the story, it jumps kind of back to Claire's childhood yeah. and kind of follows that from when she first meets Henry mm-hmm. and kind of through her childhood, adolescence, And what it was like years. for her to have Henry around all the time. Mm-hmm. So what he would do is when they first met, she went out to this field near her house, near the woods, 
called the Meadow. Yeah. And she went there to have a picnic and Henry appears there and then he gives her a list of dates about when he's coming. So whenever she he's going to come, he tells her and she knows the dates and she'll bring him clothes and they kind of meet out in the meadow. So her parents have no idea. She's like yeah. this young when she's six when they first meet mm-hmm. and she just kind of grows up with Henry visiting her a few times a year and until she's, you know, 18 and we just we get to watch this interesting development yeah. where Claire you know, likes Henry and is he's like a friend to her. Uh-huh. Uh, and then as she gets older, she's kind of like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Like, he's kind of a, a handsome man despite his age. Yeah. <laughs> and she kind of develops his crush on him. Mm-hmm. And this is before he's told her that they end up married. Yeah. There's a great part in the book and in the movie. I'm so glad they kept it in the movie where yeah. she's asking if he has a wife and he just vaguely answers yes. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, she's like, He's like, what? He's like, I, she's like, I thought it would be me. Yeah. <laughs> and, I was just hoping you'd be married to me. <laughs> it's, the girl in the movie is so cute and funny the way yeah. she delivers that line. It's so good. Uh, so we kind of see this develop. And I think at first, probably for Henry, it's like cute. Uh, yeah. And then she becomes a teenager. Yeah. And suddenly she's just like, I want you to bang me. <laughs> yeah. She's like actively trying to seduce him. Yeah. All the time. And what's like. Picture this, okay? So, like, you're Henry, and you're literally married to Claire. Like, you're Mm -hmm. married to her. You have sex with her all the time. Like, you are together. You love each other. Great. You keep traveling back in time to be with your wife when she's young, and you're like, I mean, I'm already married to her. Yeah. I can, like, kiss her, and we can have sex, right? But, But wait, like, she's 16? Yeah. So, like, it's illegal and also, I feel like I might, like, fuck her up, like, mm-hmm. but then again, I've already, like, twisted her childhood, like. And, and even though it's a younger version of her, I'm sure looking at her, you just, you couldn't see anyone but your wife's face. Like, yeah. even if it is younger, it's like, well, that's Claire, my wife. Yeah. And it creates just this interesting, like, oh, uh, like. Dynamic between them. Yeah, like, a 43-year-old man should not have sex with a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, like, even no. if they're married in the future. Like, it's weird. It is weird. But suddenly you're questioning, you're like, Jesus, but if I was in that, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's such yeah. a crazy, and, like, it uses this sci-fi element to really turn a mirror on your own morality. Yeah. And then you're like, no, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> just turn it away. <laughs> I'm not ready for these questions. Well, and something interesting, there's a line in the book where, um, I think Claire's like maybe 12 or something at this point, but she says something to Henry. She says, you're making me different. Yeah. And this is like such a key, I think, and an important thing to think about because she grows up and he's there and they're always talking to each other and she has him and he warps her life. Like her Mm -hmm. life is almost like as she grows, she almost grows around him because he's always there. Yeah, it starts off with a comment about she tries coffee with him and yeah. she doesn't like it. And he's like, oh, you like it in the future with cream. Yeah. And she's like, don't fucking tell me what I like. Yeah. You know, she's <laughs> like, let me discover it for myself. And he's kind of like, but, you know, what does it matter? You know, you you like it in the future. It doesn't it doesn't change whether I tell you or not. Yeah. Like, because I can't change the future, it just is. Mm-hmm. But it it does create this interesting situation of she's like, you're making me into someone. Yeah. You know, are you turning me into the Claire that you 
live with in the future? Or am I just becoming that on my own because of your influence? Either way, he influences her at a very vulnerable time, which is her childhood and adolescence. Yeah. So like he does change her and it's just really kind of, it's kind of fucked up. Like, it is. It, it basically, it, if Henry was like a pervert, this would be a classic case of like someone grooming a child mm-hmm. for like pedophilia, yeah. like kind of gaining their trust as a young child and then kind of insinuating yourself into their life until they like really need you and they're dependent on you and then taking advantage of them. Yeah. So yeah, classic, classic, uh, toxic relationship. But you can't even blame anyone. No. Because Henry just keeps getting dragged And what is he supposed to do? Because he's always naked and like afraid and it's like, could you please just bring me clothes? Well, and he wants to get to know her. Like what an opportunity to get to know your significant other as a child. And she's already told him, I grew up with you in my life. We're good friends. So mm-hmm. he's like, well, I guess I'm fucking friends with you. I guess yeah. I can't avoid it <laughs> happens. Like, what do you want me to do now? Yeah. So more of that paradoxical uh, craziness that yeah. this book is so good at. Mm-hmm. Should we talk a little bit about Henry's childhood? Yeah. Yeah. So the like one of the first time he time travels is when he's like five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then soon after that, his he and his mom get into a car accident and he ends up time traveling out of the car and that basically saves his life because yeah. the car is um, completely destroyed and his mom is killed. And he would have been killed, too, if he didn't time travel. Yeah, I'm not sure if we mentioned it, but uh, his time travel can be sparked from stress or yeah. extreme situations, which I like the medical tie in too. They say it's kind of like uh, epilepsy. Yeah. Uh, where like a seizure can be sparked by certain like bright flashing triggers. lights or triggers. Yeah. Uh, so the car accident happening triggers him to time travel and he gets out of it. And when he returns, the car is destroyed and everything. Uh, but this is such a beautifully sad part of Henry's life because yeah. this is one of those like gravity points in his life. And he keeps time traveling to it. Yeah. And it's so crazy to think about. But he talks about if you were like there and you weren't distracted by the crash and you looked around, he's like, you would see me everywhere. Yeah. He's like, I'm in the trees. He's like, I'm on the roadside. I'm talking to someone. At one yeah. point, I'm helping another person. I'm calling person. the ambulance. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like so crazy to think about that. And it's not something that changed over time. Like the first time it happened, he, he was, was everywhere from yeah. like different points in his life witnessing this event. Yeah. And it's so sad and tragic, but really beautiful. It's crazy because you can think about the event as like one moment where all of the Henrys are there. Or yeah. you can think about it continuously happening and Henry coming, like experiencing it over and yeah. over and over, which he does. Mm-hmm. So, and it's really sad because he, he does continue to relive it and continue to see this horror of his mother being killed in front of him. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a defining point, not just for him, but for his dad too, because his dad never really recovers from this and no. kind of becomes an alcoholic. And he and Henry don't have a good relationship. So from then on, Henry kind of is in this troubled household. And not only is his mom gone, but he has to deal with this time traveling thing. Yeah. And so he, he just has kind of like an unstable background. Yeah. I like in the movie that this is what starts the movie and I think it does it really well. Yeah, because it's such an emotional moment. It's him as a kid. It starts with him as a child. Yeah. And then the car accident and he time travels out of it Mm -hmm. and then back to the roadside and he's about to run to the car and suddenly old Henry appears. Yeah. He's like, 
no, don't. Like, there's nothing you can do. Listen, I know you're a time traveler. You disappeared, right? You went yeah. back two weeks ago. He's like, I know because I'm you from the future. Mm-hmm. And he explains it to he him. He kind of lays it all out at yeah. once. <laughs> He's like, this isn't going to make any sense right now, but you need to know that you're a time traveler and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And then we follow that older Henry back into the present. Yeah. You know, when he time travels out of that moment. So I really, I think that's a really, the dialogue's not the best in the scene. Yeah. But I think it's a good setup that kind of pulls us Shows you exactly what's happening. Yeah, Yeah. and suddenly you get his background and this idea of how it works. And I think it was really effective in the movie, that opening scene. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In the book, um, he kind of, he he starts time traveling before the accident. Yeah. And then he runs into older Henry a lot when he's young. And older Henry kind of tells him, shows him how to do stuff and how to survive. Mm -hmm. And then eventually reveals that, he's himself um, in the future, which is probably really weird for a child (laughs) Henry to like figure out and deal with. But uh, anyway, (laughs) anyway, so Henry has a very troubled childhood and then transitions into a troubled adolescence and then transitions (laughs) into a troubled 20s something. Um, There's a part where they talk about I forget how old Henry is at the time, but it's a Christmas Eve. And his mom died on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. So it's always like a rough time for him. Um, But they talk about a Christmas Eve where he goes to a bar and drinks so much that he almost dies and has to get his stomach pumped in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously, at one point in his life, he's dealing with same thing that his father is, which is drinking alcohol in excess and, you know, almost being... Almost like wanting to destroy his life um, yeah. because he doesn't have much to live for. Well, and his his life is obviously so chaotic anyway. And on top of that, he's in kind of a problematic relationship with a girl, Ingrid. Yeah. Who, it's a little hazy in the book whether she's aware of his time traveling. Yeah, I think she is. She is, yeah. yeah. As the book progresses, you kind of realize that she does know that he time travels. But she ha- also has depression and, you know, kind of grew up in a troubled um, environment and is dealing with a lot of stuff. And they just, they don't work very well together. So they're kind of in this toxic yeah. relationship. So essentially when Claire meets him, you know, she's 17 roughly, I think, when the last time he sees her. Yeah. And then, you know, she knows she's 20 when he meets him. Yeah. When she meets him. And so... Then there's just kind of this two-year lull. She moves to Chicago, and then one day she's in the library, and she's like, oh, my God, it's him. It's yeah. him as a 25-year-old, like, on my timeline, mm-hmm. not him traveling around. And yeah, then- and she's, like, never met him on her own timeline. And he told her, like, before their last meeting that he- she would meet him when she was 20. Yeah. So this whole time she's just kind of been waiting around, like, to meet him in, like, yeah. real life. <laughs> <laughs> just two years of just... Walking around and yeah. looking around. And looking at every person and being like, are you Henry? Are you Henry? Are, <laughs> are you Henry? Henry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they have this relationship and things are good. Maybe too good. Uh, <laughs> how could things possibly get any better other than getting worse? So <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about their parents, though, and extended family. Because we get to around this time to meet uh, Claire's family yeah. in the book and slash movie kind of. Mm-hmm. We don't really see a lot of the extended family in the movie. Henry's dad is more of a character in the movie. Yeah. And I get that because he's like, you know, kind of has this 
troubled relationship with Henry, but Claire's family is not really part of the story. No. We see them a little bit in the movie, but not that much. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things in the book where it goes into a lot of detail. Yeah. Henry goes to visit Claire's family for the Christmas holidays when they first start dating. And it's this whole long section. Yeah. Most of the time the book is like, it's this day in this year. Yeah. And then this day in this and year. it jumps around. And then this yeah. is a whole section where it's like, it's 7.48 in the morning on this day. Yeah. Then it's 8.52 in the morning on this day. <laughs> now it's 10 a.m. on this day. And mm-hmm. it just really is a drawn out long part because it's this Christmas Eve uh, meeting and mingling with the family and getting to know them. Yeah. And we get like a lot of information about Claire's mom and like her struggles with like depression and anxiety and then like Claire's relationship with her mom and then her mom's relationship with her dad and then her siblings relationships and how that all comes into effect. And I mean, it's interesting. Like I think the family dynamics are really compelling Mm -hmm. and interesting. And I like getting that of Claire's character a little bit more. Yeah. But it was a little bit excessive. And this is where, you know, this book is over 500 pages long, and I'm like, someone could have edited some of this, you know? Yeah. You almost feel like 100 pages could have been... That's probably a little much, but, like, almost 100 pages could have been knocked out of this book. Yeah. And And this is a big part of that. It would have been a little streamlined, yeah, Mm because the whole Christmas Eve... And maybe it was a situation of the author wanted to make sure Claire and her story were still interesting on their own. Yeah. Which I appreciate. It's not all... She's not a character whose entire existence hinges around her husband. Yeah. Even though it does in a lot of ways, but she still has her own shit, her own history, and her own family. Yeah. So I appreciate that being explored. It's just a little much in some ways. It is, but it is well done. And, like, I thought everything that was going on was really interesting in in a lot of ways, too. But, yeah, it does get a little tiresome. Yeah, yeah. Uh... And Henry's family, we talked a little bit about his dad. He also kind of mm-hmm. has like a surrogate mother figure who's a neighbor, a downstairs neighbor, who kind of pops in and out of the story, but um, she's not super important, and so the movie cuts her out. No, yeah, I, I understand. She's a sweet character, though, in the yeah. story. Mm-hmm. She was kind of a surrogate mother for him in a lot of ways, taught him how to cook. Yeah. And, yeah, so I, I did enjoy her character in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So Henry and Claire get married. They decide to get married. I'm sorry. There's one part I I wanted to mention here that was uh, really great in the book in that, and we see it a little bit in the movie where Henry, even though his mom has died, he'll sometimes travel back in time far enough to see his mom, sometimes before he's born, sometimes right when he's born, you know. And it's so, this is another sweet, sad moment (laughs) that's so well executed in the book. Yeah. Where... He'll just see her walking around and, like, kind of tries to follow her without being, you know, noticeable. Yeah. Or uh, he will even talk to her one time. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of this sad, sweet thing that he can still interact with her in a bit. Yeah. And it creates this – and there's a great scene where he's talking to his dad. Mm-hmm. And he wants her – his mom's engagement ring and wedding ring to give to Claire. Yeah. And the dad's just – kind of bitter and upset and is like who would marry you he's pissed off and everything and then uh henry tells him that i see mom like a lot like all the time he's like i go back in time and i see her i watched you guys walk down the street the other day to the grocery store and he's like i never told you because i thought it upset you and the dad just starts 
crying. Yeah. And it's so sad but really sweet because he's like, no, he's like, it's the opposite. He's like, that makes me really happy that in some way she's out there. Yeah. And even though she's dead now, you still get to see her and it is almost like... She's still living She's somehow. still living, like time has collapsed and she's still existing at this moment somewhere. Yeah. And it's one of the themes of the book that's so great about it and really well done especially in this scene i thought that you know the dad is comforted by this thought that even though he can't time travel and see her yeah just the fact that henry can is like consoling to him Mm -hmm. so that was just one of my favorite parts i think of the book yeah and how it tied really well into the themes of it it plays out differently in the movie i mean (laughs) mean, it's like kind of the same but it's not as emotionally touching, really. No, because Henry's just a really weird creep to her, kind yeah, of. Yeah, he, like, talks to his mom on the subway, but is really, really weird about it. And he's like, uh, you know, I met a girl, and I like her. And she's like, I have no idea who you are. And like, he's, like, in a really oversized coat. Yeah. Because he, like, just, you know, shit that he has to find and dress in. Yeah. And so he looks like a homeless, crazy person. <laughs> And she's like, that's really nice, you yeah. know, eyeing the exits. And then he gets out of the subway and just stares at her through the glass in the subway and as she goes away. Yeah. And it's just creepy. It was so silly. It just took all the emotion out of the moment for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm sorry. I just wanted to oh, talk yeah, about sure. that because <laughs> I, I really loved that part in the book. Mm-hmm. What was the part you were going to say? They get married. Oh, yeah, they get married. Uh... You know, it's uh, it's a classic, just traditional time traveler's wedding <laughs> where uh, Henry. The wedding starts out with one guy <laughs> and then ends with an older version of himself and then goes back to the same younger guy again. <laughs> it was a really funny, clever way of dealing with this, though, where young Henry freaking out time travels because of the stress. Yeah. And he's gone. But. Luckily, an older Henry had traveled back to that day yeah. and knew it was the wedding. And it was like, oh, shit, like, I'm the Henry that fills in for <laughs> young Henry. So he, like, goes to the wedding and, like, gets dressed and, like, walks clear down the aisle and everything. And then does this and actually gets married to her. Yeah. And he just, like, is older and, like, you can tell that there's a little gray in his hair and, like, he didn't have time to shave. And, like, <laughs> so he's just, like, a more grizzled Henry. And, of course, Claire is, like, what the fuck? <laughs> and everyone's probably, like, am I tripping out or is he, like, 10 years older than he looked earlier today? <laughs> and then he time travels and then the... The current Henry, I guess, comes back. Yeah. And then they finish out the ceremony together. Yeah, they, they like swap places again and and finish. So in the middle of the ceremony, he just gets 10 years younger again. Yeah. Hijinks all around. <laughs> the, the book is so good, though, in the movie, too, of just creating these really interesting situations based around the time travel yeah where you're like oh shit he's gone like what's gonna happen now like what are they gonna do and then suddenly an older henry appears out of nowhere and you're like oh my god i've come to save the day yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'll marry claire so you know it's the kind of irony where henry doesn't get to marry her until he's like 40 or however old henry was when he showed up to the wedding they do go to the justice of a peace like to get married again that's true because henry wants it to feel like he actually got married (laughs) (laughs) he's like i missed that so can we do it again technically i'm not married to you you're just married to me (laughs) (laughs) exactly 
Uh, so they're married and they're living their life mm-hmm. and loving it, except Henry keeps disappearing yeah. and is just constantly in a hell of like <laughs> jumping back and forth in time being naked. Yeah. And like we've talked a little bit about how this is a problem, but like Henry, it just ends up naked everywhere. And at first that seems like, oh, sure, like, that's fine. You can just, like, get clothes. But usually if you just time travel somewhere, you're not, like, in an apartment or, like, he's, like, in the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or he's out somewhere in the open and he... Or in the cold. Or in the cold. And he has to find clothes. And, like, the only way for him to find clothes, because he has no money, is to steal them. So he is instantly put into this place where he has to do a bunch of illegal shit just to survive, you know, pickpockets, um, break, breaks into apartments, into stores to try to steal clothing and money. And then he just kind of has to like wait around until he goes back to his time. Yeah. And there's so many just interesting, wacky situations that happen because of this. Yeah. Uh, There's a part where at the library where he works at, there's the staircase and it kind of wraps around this cage that kind of goes the entire height of the stairwell. Yeah. And there's no way of getting inside of it. Essentially, it's just so people don't fall or jump down like the middle of the stairwell. Yeah. It's just kind of a preventative thing. But he's really afraid of it because he's like, if I end up in there, I can't get out. Like, yeah. If I suddenly appear there, because he doesn't always end up exactly where. In the same spot. Yeah. Physical spot. Or yeah. sometimes he'll just time travel into a random spot kind of. Yeah. So he's really afraid of it. And of course, he ends up there one time. Yeah. And this is towards the near later on in the book. But like he's constantly been making excuses about why he's naked like everyone a lot kinda, at work yeah everyone kind of knows that he like <laughs> is suddenly just naked or his clothes are lying around and he's yeah. just like they think he's just like flaunting through the library stacks <laughs> naked it's this really goofy situation where they some that for some reason they put up with it yeah but and finally they're like how did you like what yeah what what the what's fuck, going Henry? on what yeah. the shit and like how did you even get in it. there yeah and this is another situation where while he's in there a younger Henry shows up to work yeah. and goes down and they're like, oh my God, there's like two of you. And finally <laughs> he has like evidence, like I'm a time traveler yeah, and I didn't tell you because you just wouldn't. And that's something, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a bit, but that's something I really also like about this book is that his time travel isn't a secret other than for the fact that no one would believe him. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, a superhero, like, my secret identity is a time traveler. Like, no. he'll tell anyone who, like, he can convince, basically. Yeah. Or anyone in his life that might experience the symptoms of it. It's just a matter of, you'll think I'm insane. Yeah. Unless you literally watch me disappear or you see two of me. Mm-hmm. So I do like this situation where suddenly there's two of him, and they're like, okay, I'll maybe start thinking about believing you (laughs) (laughs) or they see him disappear yeah yeah um yeah and he just like because he's always naked and because he's always like in this super vulnerable position he gets like he gets like fucked up a lot like he learns how to fight because people are beating him up because they see him naked and i don't know they assume the worst i guess yeah um and you know he's always getting arrested too um because public nudity for one breaking and entering for another yeah um stealing shit (laughs) and um he sometimes you know gets hurt and you know gets cold or 
is in trouble. And um, I really feel like the author uses this to kind of bring Henry into like kind of like this animalistic nature. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. he is stripped of his humanity, just losing his clothing and being like put into a spot where he's vulnerable. Like he's not human anymore. He's just like an animal and he has to survive. And it's such this like survival thing for him. And his whole life is like that. Like he has to live his life where he's just sitting on the couch reading one minute with like a cup of coffee with his wife. Yeah. And then in the next minute he's like running down a street in the snow. Yeah. Like with no clothes on. And has you to know? beat up a man and like take his coat yeah. so he doesn't die. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's used so well and it creates this great dynamic and contrast in Henry where yeah. on one hand, he's very well read, very sophisticated. He's always fucking speaking French in the book <laughs> and I hate it. Like, I don't An know intellectual. why. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> I'm intellectual so I'll speak French constantly and randomly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's got that sophistication to him, but also just this intensity and this dark side. Yeah. And a a, a survivalist instinct where he'll kind of do anything that needs to be done to get through. And Henry's like super not conflicted about any of this either. No. Like he basically admits like, yeah, you name it. I've done it. Like I haven't killed anyone, but like Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of shit. Yeah. And you know, I, and he's fine with it. He's like, this is what I have to do. Like, this is what I have to do to survive. Well, and it's fun. He almost like instills that in his younger self when yeah. he's teaching him like pick- pickpocketing and picking locks. He's just like, listen, yeah. you just got to do this shit. Like, I know it sucks. I know it feels bad. Yeah. But you're going to die if you don't. So yeah. just do it and get over with it. Mm-hmm. So. And like this kind of dark side to him um, actually ends up. Claire's friends are kind of like opposed to him at yeah. first. Like Claire has two main friends, uh, Charisse and Gomez, who are a couple. We're finally <laughs> at Gomez. At Gomez. And they're her like art school friends, I guess. Um, and Gomez knows about Henry because I guess he's just seen him around and knows that he's kind of a rough guy and has this reputation. He's a bad boy. <laughs> and he's sort of like... Uh, Claire, I know this guy, like, he's not, he's, like, bad news, and Claire's like, well, guess what? I am literally gonna marry him, so you can't do anything about it. (laughs) He's just like, god damn it. Uh, and there is a moment where Gomez runs into, uh, future Henry, who's traveled back in time. Yeah. And he kind of has this little escapade with them, and actually watches this future Henry disappear, so he's like, I'm sold. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I believe you I believe you, yeah. So... Gomez and Charisse become close friends with Claire and with Henry. Yeah. They kind of become this... uh, Foursome, I guess. Foursome, you know... Double dating. Double dating team, you know, where they're all very close with each other. Uh, Except uh, Gomez is the worst? Gomez is in love with Claire for some reason and just, like, wants to be with her. Yeah. And... It's weird because, like, Charisse knows this. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I'm fine with this, and I'm not going to leave him. And we get married, and we have kids. Like, they get married, and they have kids. They have and three children. And she's still worried that he's going to leave her and try to be with Claire. And Henry becomes friends with Gomez. Like, they're friends. They hang out, and they're friends. Yeah. But Henry knows that Gomez still wants to bang Claire and, like, basically would throw Henry under a bus if it meant he could be with Claire. Yeah. At one point, Henry and Charisse are alone and Charisse confesses. She's like, I know Gomez loves Claire. Yeah. And 
he's kind of waiting for something to happen to you because of your time traveling. Yeah. Because it might mean that he'll get Claire. And I'm like, what the fuck? And you're like, oh my God, this is the worst person. Also, also, also reason number two he's the worst. He calls Claire Kitten. Ugh. That's his nickname Ugh, for so gross. Uh, what's supposed to be a platonic friend? Yeah, kitten Ugh. makes me want to fucking throw up. Oh god. Yeah, but he's just like all kinds of like kind of weird and creepy and possessive towards her, and tries to keep her from dating Henry at first, and then tries to keep her from marrying him. But of course, none of that works. Yeah, and so then he kind of just retreats to like staring at her a lot when they hang out. <laughs> and his nickname for Henry is Library Boy. Yeah. Come on, you can be more creative than that. That's not even the most interesting part of Henry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, not only is he not, and and by the way, this is all the book version. Yeah. None of this is in the movie. Thank God. Like, in the movie, he's just a friend and a decent guy. Like an actual nice person. (laughs) Yeah, someone you would want to be friends with. Someone that's friends with you that has no ulterior motives. Exactly. So, but in the book, he's just, he's not only obnoxious, but just has terrible motives. Yeah. I'm like, why is he a friend? Yeah. I don't get it. He's terrible. And I almost feel like maybe the author went a little too far in making him a villain, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it just, it does sort of feel a little unbelievable at some points, you know, like why would Henry be friends with him? Yeah. You know, like I don't get it. <laughs> well, and is he supposed to be a villain or just a complicated like character a complicated white dude a complicated white dude <laughs> classic complicated white dude who doesn't dude. understand the word no mhm yeah yeah and we'll talk about gomez again later but for now and then Charisse is fine she's not really a character at no. all like gomez has stuff going on in his life but Charisse is just kind of there to distract gomez while claire's with Henry, basically. The, the most interesting part of Charisse is that conversation where she reveals that she knows all about Gomez and his love for Claire yeah. and is kind of like just dealing with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's uh, the friends. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, around this time, uh, after Claire and Henry are married, Claire really wants to have a baby. But the problem is that Henry has a disease, a genetic condition. He's mm-hmm. basically immune. <laughs> he's an x-man he is but like probably the worst x-man because he cannot control it there would be like a, a dire situation and he would just panic and disappear yeah <laughs> like he doesn't even contribute as far as like a human could no he just disappears whenever something happens yeah but they can't they try to get pregnant and clark keeps miscarrying um the baby um so she has a few miscarriages and then henry goes to a doctor who he like convinces through time travel shit (laughs) that he's a time traveler. Um, And the doctor kind of tries to see what's wrong with Henry and look at his genetic code and try to figure out how Claire can have a baby, but just it's not working. Mm -hmm. And it's this like, it's really sad. And it's also kind of horrifying because the babies will time travel. So when they're in the womb, if they time travel out of the womb, that means they die. Mm-hmm. But what's also happening is that sometimes they'll time travel out of the womb and then time travel right back into the womb, which means that it's literally like tearing Claire's body when they go back in. Yeah. Uh, and so it's very like there's a horror aspect to this. And I mean, I think 
pregnancy itself is horrifying in many ways. So like this is just expanding on that. <laughs> it is. But it's just, it's brutal. There's scenes of her waking up like in blood. Yeah. And, you know, they rush to the doctor and find out, you know, they have a miscarriage. And they have four miscarriages or five before like things get more intense, I guess. Yeah. She but has a total of six. Total of six. Yeah. 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 Which is a lot. At one point, uh, she kind of carries the baby a little bit longer and it's like looking a little more baby like, I guess. And then it literally time travels. And she sees it next to her in the bed. Ugh. And it's just dying. And it's like trying to breathe. Yeah. And then goes back into her womb and it, it, it dies from it. It's just, it's terrible. Oh, it's God. And of course, Henry is like, okay, I have had enough of this shit. Like, I can't live with this. Yeah. I can't let this keep happening to you. It's going to kill you. Um, So he goes to get a vasectomy. But before he can get a vasectomy... He time travels. Yeah, in the book. Yeah. He he time travels back to when Claire's a teenager. Yeah. And he won't explain to Claire what he was doing, but he just vaguely tells her, I was going to do something that was right for both of us, and it would have made you upset, so I can't tell you what it is. Yeah. Because you don't know in the future, and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. He's being real weird. And she's upset with him. And is she 15? Yeah, she's yeah. 15. And... This is where Henry kisses her. Yeah, in, in a, like an angry way. Like she slaps him and then he like grabs her face and like kisses her hard in kind of this like angry, like very twisted, like adult yeah. thing. Like this is something that two like 30 year olds would do to each other. You yeah, know? and like, she's 15. And she's 15. And she says like, that's the first time you've ever kissed me. And I think Henry is like, oh my God, like this is an example where I am fucking her up because yeah. I'm bringing my adult and our adult complicated relationship to this really innocent relationship. Yeah, that she has no part in yet. You know, yeah. she's not even like, yeah. So it's this very sad moment. Mm -hmm. And when Henry goes back to the present, they have a discussion about it because Claire's like, oh, I remember that day. Yeah. She's like, let me guess. You were going to get a vasectomy. <laughs> like she's able to yeah. figure it out He's based like, on the really? context. And he confesses that, yeah, he was going to because he can't see her do this anymore. Now, in the book, something happens before this where Claire is just ravaged by these uh, miscarriages. She's just in a slump and is really depressed about it. Yeah. And she meets a Henry from the future. I forget how many years. Yeah. But this future Henry talks to her and just tells her, we have a kid. Yeah, like, like takes pity on her. And yeah. He's like, Claire, don't worry. Like, it happens. Like, it's okay. You'll have a child and it'll be okay. And she's so thankful. Yeah. So she knows she is a child. So when Henry's like, I'm getting a vasectomy. She's like, okay. She's like, fine. You do what you think is best. Because deep down, she knows. Yeah. Like, through this time travel fate. She she's has like, faith in destiny. Happen. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they bang one more time that night before he gets a vasectomy and she gets pregnant. Mm -hmm. And this was such a smart part of the book. I loved it because, you know, she gets pregnant and you're like, this is the baby. Yeah. This is the one because then Henry has the vasectomy before they even know she's pregnant. Yeah. And then so it's like, this is the last one. Mm -hmm. It's happening. This is it. And then she loses that baby too. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck? You're like, what? How could this possibly happen? How? I don't understand. Like, what? How does she get pregnant? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Cut to. Cut to. Uh, a night. Claire is sleeping <laughs> in 
innocently sleeping <laughs> and uh, younger Henry just time travels, comes up into the her room. With his balls fully intact. Yeah. And like wakes her up and then they have sex. And then Henry and Claire's like, okay, cool. Like we're having sex. Sure. And then as they're having sex, she looks over, I'm guessing to either her left or her right. <laughs> and she sees her regular Henry sleeping <laughs> next to her in bed. And she's like, oh, this is a different Henry. What? And like Henry has sex with Claire while Henry is sleeping right next to her. Like, he just has sex in front of himself, like, with Claire. Which is super weird. It's, like, such a, like, what would give you the urge to do that? It's so bizarre. Yeah. But so they bang, and then that's how she ends up pregnant. Yeah. With the baby that she's able to carry to term. Yeah. But it was such a clever, and it's so funny, because when she confesses to Henry that she's pregnant again, he's like, what? What are you, What? And then and he's she, like, oh, yeah. And then she's like, don't you remember that time that you banged me, like older me? And he's like, oh, God damn it. God damn my youth. <laughs> <laughs> in the movie, it, this is a scene that really plays out a lot differently from the book in the movie. Um, in the movie, Henry gets the vasectomy and then he time travels to the meadow when Claire's young. So by the time he talks to future Claire about it, he's already got the vasectomy. Yeah. And, and she's pissed off about she it. She is. And she doesn't, she hasn't been told by future Henry that she's going to have a kid. So she's really upset. And she basically calls him out on a lot of shit and is like, how could you do this to me? You tricked me. You went back in time to me as a child. And I was like forced to love you. And like, you did this to me. It's really like, I like what she says to him. I do too. But um, it does play out a lot differently. And then the same thing happens though. Uh, although they don't do the... Henry banging her in front of other Henry. She goes to like pick him up in a parking lot and then they just have sex in the car. Yeah. A younger Henry calls and is like, hey, I'm in your time. Can you give me a, a ride? Because yeah. I'm naked. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, sup. <laughs> and he's like, sup. And then they She's bang. like, what's up, younger Henry, who, ha- who has wonderful and healthy balls? Like, <laughs> come over here. <laughs> Get over here. Let me hop on top of you. Yeah, so... There's almost an element of she's doing it on purpose. Yeah. Kind of without Henry, current Henry's knowledge. Yet it's still Henry's. So how bad is it really? I love in the movie she says something when she tells Henry that she's pregnant. And he, he's like, what? How? And she tells him about the time. She's like, well, you remember that time? It's not like I cheated on you. Yeah. <laughs> like she has to like justify it. She's like, it's not like I cheated on you. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's not. No. But it's still weird. More of that moral ambiguity relating to this story. Yeah. For sure. And another kind of interesting thing around this time, too, is that Henry time travels back to Claire's 18th birthday. Yeah. And he's like, I think, 40 something. And he travels back. And Claire's I don't think like, he's 40 yet. I mean, close to it, at least. Yeah, I guess. I, I think late 30s, but yeah. Yeah. And um, Claire's like, it's my 18th birthday. We agreed that we would have sex on my 18th birthday. I laughed because I thought she was trying to trick him. Yeah. Where she's like, an older you from the future told me a week ago that we would bang on my 18th, 18th birthday. birthday. <laughs> and... And I'm like, you don't even know what year it is. She could be like 17 or even 16. Like, you don't know it's her birthday, (laughs) you fool. And then he's sort of like, 
yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, yeah, sure, fine. And it's uh, this great scene where they have sex, and <laughs> it's really funny because he, uh, she's like very, <laughs> I mean, she hasn't had sex before, yeah. so she's like real nervous about it and not super... Uh, into it, I guess. Is she's the right she's too like tense and she's nervous. Tense, like yeah. she wants it. She's definitely like wanting it. Yeah. But it's just clearly too nervous to enjoy it. Yeah. So he's like, oh, well, I remember that in the future, the like, like my regular Claire really <laughs> likes oral sex. <laughs> so let me just go down here. <laughs> so let me just do that. And then they, they have sex and it's really cute. Um, and then he comes back to the, future and like tells claire about it and she's like really happy that he knows now yeah like it was a secret that she couldn't tell him almost and Mm -hmm. she wanted him to find out for himself that they had this moment together yeah but this is one of those situations where like claire had sex with a younger henry and then henry had sex with like 18 year old claire yes (laughs) and it's like why did have they not had a threesome with like multiple henry's how have two henry's not banged (laughs) claire yet yeah like this would be perfect. <laughs> exactly. I. It's a shame that she didn't push the envelope even farther. I for know. A crazy time traveling threesome. Yeah. But I'm willing to ignore it for the time being. But yeah. So, you, you, like, it's you have to think about it and wrap your head around that. Like the first time Claire has sex with Henry isn't the first time that, that Henry had has had her. sex with her. So at, and vice versa. Yeah. At, at both times of the first sex. One of them is like the experienced one. Yeah. In terms of them having sex with each other anyway. Because mm-hmm. like, of course, 18 year old Claire has never had sex with anyone. So Henry is like her introduction to that. But then when Henry has sex with Claire for the first time, when they meet when she's 20 and he's 28, um, she kind of like seduces him really fast. <laughs> like she kind of jumps his bones a little bit. Yeah. Like she's like, let's do it right now. And he's like, Oh, okay. Like she's like, you tease. She takes over. Yeah. She's like, you gave me a taste two years ago and now I want the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of funny that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also when Claire tells Henry that in the two years between the time that they had sex and then she had to wait to meet him. She had sex one time with Gomez and, like, that's fine, except that Gomez was, like, cheating on his girlfriend, Charisse. Yeah. And also, Gomez doesn't, like, shut the fuck up, up about it for, like, years. Yeah, Gomez <laughs> never got the fuck over it. Yeah. And we do even, like, see this, like, that we do... Get a flashback. Get a chapter in the book, like, a time, you know, jump back to when she first sleeps with him and is just like, yeah, this was a mistake. Like, nothing against you, but you are my best friend's boyfriend yeah. and we shouldn't have done this so it's like the secret that they have mm-hmm. uh, and she finally tells Henry and Henry's not mad no he's just like well a lot of things make sense now like why Gomez is like really obsessed with you like <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah just more reason why Gomez is the worst he is the worst <laughs> uh so the baby yeah they have it yep she and she's born. Pushes it out of her body and it doesn't time travel away. What's cool though is that when Claire is almost ready to have to give birth, Henry time travels to the future and ends up meeting his future daughter named Alba. Oh yeah. And it's very sweet and it's very sad because he's in the future and he he's just like at this museum or she's zoo. She's like 10? Yeah, she's 10 and he sees her and like 
he's never met her before. Like mm-hmm. she's she's not born yet. And he instantly recognizes her and knows that it's his daughter. And it's so sweet because you're like, oh, you know it's her. Like, you know it's her. Yeah. And she sees him and she's like, daddy. And she like runs to him. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad because she tells him that in the future he's dead. Yeah. Which is why she's like so happy to see him because yeah. he's not around anymore. Yeah. And Henry is just trying to absorb everything. So much information. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I'm meeting my daughter. Also, I'm dead. Also, and he's I'm just dead. like, when do I die? <laughs> and she tells him that she's five when he dies, which is very sad because he knows that he only has five years to be with mm-hmm. his daughter, who he already loves and cares for. Um, but yeah, she gives him a lot of information in the future. And uh, one of those, one of the pieces of information is that she's also a time traveler and that she travels. Yeah, that too. But she, she kind of can sometimes control it. She's working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like really smart and he loves her and he's really like excited to meet her. But now he has this knowledge that he dies and he knows how old she is and how old he is when he dies. Yes, he's kind of processing that. And this has kind of been building up in a way. Yeah. Because we always know that, you know, he's constantly in these dangerous situations. And Claire, and one of these days, something bad is going to happen. Yeah. And Claire had never seen him older than like 43, she thinks. Yeah. So, and this is, I think, the age that he figures out is when he dies. So yeah. there's kind of been a building tension with it. Because before, when she says, I've never seen you older than 43, they're like, maybe I stopped time traveling. Maybe I'm able to stop mm-hmm. it. Like this doctor we're working with, maybe we find a cure. Yeah. But now we realize that no, he dies. Yeah. And so there's kind of a mystery around it that we kind of get hints, hints at. Of, yeah. Uh, one being in Claire's childhood, a very strange incident. incident where she wakes up at night hearing Henry call her name. And when she goes outside, she finds her dad and her brother uh, they were they had been out hunting mm-hmm. and they were standing with Henry. Yeah. And he kind of tells her to like shush, like don't tell them you know me. Yeah. And they just kind of send her back off to bed and they like walk into the woods. And I'm like, that is so ominous. Like, yeah. do they kill him? I'm like, <laughs> her, has her dad been living with this knowledge of like her and her brother killed a man in the woods and like haven't told anyone? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, but so we get like, you know, little hints of this going on. But essentially, he's kind of, he doesn't tell Claire and at this point, and yeah. is like, let me just try to live my life while mm-hmm. I can and enjoy Alba growing up. And Alba's childhood is sort of like a, a montage. And they, it's funny because they actually do a montage in the movie of just her growing up until she's five years old, the pivotal year. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of the same way in the book. There's a couple episodes of Henry time traveling and stuff, but um, they don't spend a lot of time on that um and then we kind of get to alba's fifth year and henry kind of piecing together when exactly he dies and around this time too claire kind of figures it out Mm -hmm. um it's funny because future alba time travels to visit five-year-old alba yeah and is kind of like just talking to her and oh my god in the movie the two girls who play alba like little Alba and Big Alba. Yeah. <laughs> they are so cute. They're really cute. And they I was like, 
watching the movie and I'm like, they look so much alike. Yeah. Like they look exactly alike. They look like the same person. Like I believe that they're the same child. Like the, I believe it. The one's a full head taller than the other though. Yeah. I'm like, they have to be sisters. There's and they no are. Way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they're both like McCann or McMahon or something is their last name. Yeah. But yeah. So. But they're so cute. I love them. In they the movie. are. When we watched the movie for the first time, like a year ago. Yeah. When the younger one was on screen, you were just like so. I was dying. You were dying. <laughs> You're like, she's so cute. She's got this little ponytail. Oh, she's just adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but um, older Alba tells younger Alba that um, her dad dies. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like trying to pre- prepare her, you know. Um, and then Claire ends up finding out too. And they're just kind of like living with this knowledge that's yeah. going to happen. It's really sad. It is. Uh, before we move on, I want to pump the brakes for a second. Yeah. And just ask... Uh, about the movie because we've been largely not talking about the movie. Yeah. But the reason mostly is that it just is. It's not really remarkable in any way. No. And I'm not saying that we have to like dissect, like give our full review of the movie now, but I want to ask specifically about the actors in it and like what you think of them. Yeah. I mean, I think Rachel McAdams, like I feel like she was maybe a good choice for Claire. I can really see that. And I don't really have a problem with Henry either, played by uh, Eric Bana um, or Bana. I don't know how you say that. I'm not sure. Um, I just feel like this book is so in depth Mm -hmm. and there's so much going on and it's very like thought provoking and there's so many scenes that the movie, no matter what, would just feel like it kind of gleaned some things and like kept the schmaltzy moments, but like. And it doesn't keep any of the dark stuff. Like, it doesn't keep Henry's relationship with Ingrid, which is really complicated and, like, fucked up. It doesn't keep Gomez's infatuation with Claire, which was really dark and disturbing. It doesn't keep... um, Trying to think of what else. Henry banging eighteen year old. Yeah, Claire. it doesn't keep keep that the more and, ambiguity of that situation. Yeah. And the scene where he kisses her, she's eighteen, not fifteen, which yeah. is you know, more less morally ambiguous. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that is very dark and really disturbing and, you know, very thought provoking. And the movie is just like, but like romantic though. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big fan of Rachel McAdams in this. Yeah. The way she talks through most of the movie is, and I'm not saying this is necessarily her, it might be a sound thing, like the way they recorded and like amplified her voice, but she sounds so breathy about everything and just, you know, like very like soft spoken, but kind of not. And I don't know, there's a lot of interesting complexity to her knowing the future and not knowing it. And there are a few scenes where she gets to be a little bit more emotive. Yeah. Specifically with like the miscarriages and stuff. Yeah. But I, I just felt like she was a little flat in a lot of it in mm-hmm. my mind. Uh, Eric Bana, I like in parts and then in other parts, he's w- just weird. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. Cause like as a time traveler, you'd probably be weird. Yeah. Like you probably couldn't get out of that <laughs> situation being normal. No, but there are just scenes that I don't think play out as well as they could. Yeah. So I feel like they cast him in that movie cause he was in Hulk. Like he was the first <laughs> yeah. movie Hulk. 
and they're like, we need a guy who's kind of weird and has like an alternate like persona slash like <laughs> secret he's keeping. Yeah. <laughs> so that's with like the, a hidden rage. That was like the only reason they yeah, cast Yeah, the him. only reason was because yeah. he was Hulk. So. Yeah, the movie's fine. It's just like it does not compare in emotional complexity and depth. No. I would have loved to see this movie directed by someone like David Fincher. Yeah. Like, he did Benjamin Button, which is kind of an interesting, like... Other time travel Other type. kind of a time, like, you know, weird relationship with, like, yeah. different ages and stuff. And he's also so good at um, telling a nonlinear story yeah. in a way that doesn't beat you over the head with the storyline. And mm-hmm. he just uses visual cues and... Let's the fills in the audience subtly about like what's going on and where you're at in the story. Yeah, and I think someone like him could have really tackled and like an, an extended by a half hour because yeah. it's only an hour forty five minutes. Yeah, extended by a half hour, give it to David Fincher, and I think you could have had a really good movie. Yeah, I mean it is possible. Mm-hmm. I just think it's it's definitely difficult for a story oh, sure. like this. Like you need a lot of skill, you need a great script, mm-hmm. you need an excellent director who knows how to handle these complicated scenes and this nonlinear story. And we don't really get that in this. Like it's fine. It's just passable. I, I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to like for us to go on about the book for like, know. so long yeah, and then not even address. Yeah, we like love the book. The, and bo- we're like- the book is so, and, and the movie, it's not bad. It just exists in that realm of like not being that bad and not being that good and yeah. not adding a lot to the, the story. story at all. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't contribute anything new or mm-hmm. a different perspective at all. Um, should we talk about New Year's Eve then? Just wrap it. Wrap that well, up. We uh Oh, for, I'm sorry. Forgot a big, a big I forgot part. another dark element of the story that the movie leaves out. Big uh, old scary terrible incident. Henry ends up trapped in like a parking garage or something in the middle of winter and he's naked and he can't find any clothes and he gets frostbite. And so when he travels back to his time and they rush him to the hospital, his legs are so badly frostbitten that they have to amputate both his feet. Uh, so uh, let's just go there for a minute. Henry, who has to run his whole life, can't run anymore. He has no feet. He has no feet. And the movie uh, takes the easy <laughs> way out again by being like, he's fine. He just has to be in a wheelchair for a while. But we didn't amputate his feet. Yeah. They're like, we have to get those green screen socks on his feet and then digitally yeah, erase them. Yeah, they're like, we don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like not as dark either because like Henry is in a really bad place. And when they talk about him in the book around this time, mm-hmm. like he's almost given up on life. Yeah. You know, he's taking like a lot of painkillers, obviously. And he just feels like he's lost everything. And it's terribly sad just because you as the reader know that his death is coming. Yeah. But now it's just like imminent. You know, it's just how can he not die? He's going to end up somewhere naked and he has no feet or a wheelchair or anything. Like he's just going to die in a terrible, sad way. Yeah. And uh, that's basically what happens. <laughs> he figures out he, he that he dies on New Year's Eve that year. Mm-hmm. And so Claire invites a lot of people over and he kind of uses it as an opportunity to say goodbye to like all his friends and uh, goodbye to Claire and goodbye to Alba. And then he time travels to the meadow. Yeah. And he knew this was going to happen or something like this because yeah. before actual New Year's Eve, he time traveled to the meadow on that night and witnessed it from a distance. Yeah. That he saw 
Claire's uh, father and brother out hunting. He hears a gunshot and the cries for Claire. Yeah. And then he goes over to investigate when the father and brother do. Yeah. So in that flashback, when she sees her dad and brother and Henry. All together. All together. It's that Henry who witnessed the murder. Yeah. And they just see blood on the ground. So I guess they just think Henry was a guy out in the middle of the night in a field. I'm, I don't know how Elder Henry explains it to them at I don't all. know either. <laughs> yeah, but um, so he sees his own death and then he lives his death. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, yeah, he flashes back to the meadow and gets shot like immediately. Yeah, like I, he can't, he doesn't have time to like move or run. Like he's just immediately shot. Mm-hmm. And then flashes back to the party where he appears on the floor bleeding out and then Claire and Alba like kind of gather around him and say goodbye and then he dies Mm -hmm. in front of all of his friends and family yes happy new year happy new year it's really rough and it basically plays out the same way in the movie as well Mm -hmm. um and this was like really sad to me and kind of frustrating too because I was trying to imagine and there's a scene in the movie and in the book too where Claire and Henry are kind of like sitting together before he time travels and dies and he's like i die tonight and he basically tells her and they're just kind of like sitting together like holding each other and i'm like what would you do like what would you do and honestly and i i know they have like lived with this so they kind of like accept it honestly i would be so tempted to just kill henry myself oh my god (laughs) like think about it like wouldn't you just like be so angry that yeah. this would happen, that you would just want to take control in, like, any way possible? I have no idea what I would do in that situation. <laughs> like, I trying to think about it and put yourself in there. I'm like, I would just, like, I would just be like, no, like, time can't have you. I will murder you. <laughs> 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 I don't know. It's just, like, uh, it's so sad. It is. It's terrible. But that's how he dies. Yeah. Uh, then in the movie, we get one scene at the end that was really touching and really well done where, yeah. and you kind of don't think about it, but uh, Henry appears in the future yeah, in the field and he sees Alba and they call for her mom yeah. who comes running from the house that Henry's come back. And so they still get to see him. Yeah. Because his past self is still traveling to the future to visit them. Mm-hmm. And in the book, um, he travels to see Alba quite frequently and they spend time together, which is really sweet. Yeah. Um, so she kind of gets to know him a bit beyond just being five years old. Mm-hmm. So she gets to kind of be with her dad, which is nice. Um, and then there's a really great scene at the end of the book where Claire is 82 years old. It kills me. And she's she's an old woman. And then she like turns around one morning and Henry's there. And and he knew. So he wrote a letter before he died. Yeah. To uh, Claire saying. Read this after I die. Read this after I die. And then he's like, I know this is terrible and I'm so sorry. And we can't change anything. But I wanted to tell you that I'll see you again in the future. He's like, before I he's like, before I lost my feet, like I traveled to the future in this house I didn't recognize. And I saw an old woman. And it was you. Yeah. Like, it was you as an older woman. And, like, I'll see you. And he's like, I won't tell you what happens, but I just want you to know that, like, we'll see each other again. Yeah. And so 
And then it tells you a little bit about Claire, you know, after he died. Mm -hmm. And then this final chapter where it's from Henry's perspective at first of him experiencing that where he goes to the future and he sees Claire. And then from Claire's perspective, where it just talks about her waiting for him. Yeah. And how she's like, she tried not to like wait for him her whole life, but she still was Mm because she's like loved him so much and she couldn't like let go and how it always felt like she was waiting for him. And then he just like appears to her and it's so sad. (laughs) And they make the parallel like to Odysseus, like kind of on his travels and like returning to Penelope at the end of the Odyssey. Um, But yeah, it's just like kind of this sweet moment where they're finally reunited. And it's sort of like symbolic as to maybe like this is near the time where Claire dies as well. And this is like the closer closure she needs for her to die Mm -hmm. for them to like finally be together again. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. It just, (laughs) it was so sad and sweet. And it was that perfect mix of like melancholy, but like Mm -hmm. beautiful. And I just really, really loved the way the book used this concept and handled so many angles to this idea. Yeah. And tying it to love. um, Interesting that I read was that the author actually wrote that final scene first. Really? Wow. And kind of used it as like the focal point of the novel for Hmm. her. Like that there would be this old woman and she would be meeting her lover again, like after a long time. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's so good. It is. It's very sad, but it's very good. Yeah. So in case you don't know, we prefer the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We kind of jumped the gun on talking about that, but yeah, the the movie just adds nothing really. No. Um, It's fine. And it just feels like a big missed opportunity. And yeah. the book just explores so many of these ideas so well. And it's really beautiful. And I was reading, too, that a lot of critics thought that kind of the time travel element was used to just kind of, like, explore um, distance in relationships as well. Yeah, and yeah. And kind of, like, mo- like, how relationships, you know, ebb and flow and, like, the problems that can arise from them, Mm -hmm. like kind of Claire and Henry each having like almost like a different love story happening at the same time with each other. And then, you know, the distance between them when he's traveling and he can't return to her and she's waiting for him. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. And this is not like really a hard sci-fi novel in case you haven't been able to tell. (laughs) Did you say it's not? Yeah. See, I was shocked because I thought it was more of a hard so I, I, wouldn't really? say, I wouldn't say it's hard sci-fi. Yeah. But it's a real mind fuck at a lot of points. It is, yeah. In terms of like just making you think a lot about, but it's never confusing. No. Uh, but it really takes advantage of its premise. sci-fi premise and constructing these really interesting stories and twists yeah. and things that you don't see coming and, but all focused around this kind of simplistic concept. Uh I think a lot of people, especially who may have seen the movie, yeah. probably just imagine this as like... A cheesy love story. A cheesy love story about he sees her at different points in their lives and blah, blah, blah. But the movie's a lot... Or the book's a lot more interesting in its sci-fi premise, I think. I think a lot of people would be surprised by... How complicated it yeah, is. How, yeah, how much it embraces the sci-fi-ness of it. Yeah. But... Yeah, so I, that made me like the book more. Yeah, it's a definitely like a genre bender, you know, like a sci-fi romance literary novel that has like themes, a lot of weird themes. So mm-hmm. it's it's really good. Definitely 
it's a long book. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Once again, uh, I waited too long reading this. And was like, and so I ended up having to read a lot over the weekend. I read probably like 300 pages of it this weekend, <laughs> yeah, like alone. Uh, but I was able to and pretty easily just because it was so engaging. Yeah. It's very smoothly written. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend it. Excellent. Excellent. Read the book. Read the book. Read the book. Probably just skip the movie. Yeah. Lightning round? Lightning round. Woo! Okay. So for my first lightning round, I wanted to pose a question that I didn't get to ask uh, during the normal episode. But okay. So Henry can't take anything with him clothing-wise, right? When yeah. he time travels. Yeah. Do you think he ever tried sticking anything up his butt? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not saying it would work. I don't think it would work. It probably wouldn't, but also, like... The food he eats yeah, doesn't just, like, him. suddenly, like... But sometimes he vomits after he time travels. That's true. But, like, <laughs> suspended, like, chewed up food doesn't suddenly drop. Well, you think, like, one point that they make in both the movie and the book is that he can't take his wedding ring with him? No. And that's, like, wedged onto your finger? And I know it's not the same as putting it in your butt. It's not in his butt. But it's similar. <laughs> I just think... If I was Henry. I'm sure he probably tried it. Probably. Yeah. Like, just have it ready. And if you feel like you're going to time travel, just... Put it in your butt. Put some money up there put, or something. Put, like, a dollar. <laughs> Only one dollar. One dollar. Put a 20 in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, a handgun for protection. <laughs> like, maybe the whole thing doesn't have to be up there. Maybe just yeah. part of it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just a... Th- an Just Ian thought. a thought. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a really, really funny part in the book is when Henry's like 15 or so, like in his young puberty stage, uh, he gets into this habit where whenever he runs into also like puberty aged Henry, they're like together a lot. Yeah. And uh, they just start like fooling around with each other. <laughs> It's so funny. It's like very vague about it. Yeah. They don't like explain, but like <laughs> it kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Like if you were always running into yourself. Yeah. Like you're not really like, you know, it's not gay if it's just you. Like <laughs> it's just masturbation. It's just masturbation. And the his dad walks in on him yeah on them like on them which is like the funniest version of that that could happen jesus christ henry (laughs) and of course the one has already lived this he's like why didn't you tell me dad walked in on us just tell me to lock the door and he's just like sorry man i i I can't because it happened yeah i like tried to kind of like lock the door and ended up like unlocking the door like it's impossible he's like Dad won't talk to you for three weeks, but it'll be okay. (laughs) Also, we have to stop doing this. (laughs) He's like, instead, I'm just going to have sex with your wife while you're laying there asleep. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't have any. Oh, man. Uh, Maybe that's why they never had a threesome. Maybe. Like bad blood after that. Uh, So uh, an interesting, funny movie thing that happened is Eric Bana... Right after they filmed this movie, he was the villain in the Star Trek reboot that J.J. Oh, yeah. Abrams directed. Mm-hmm. And for that role, he shaved his head. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, oh, God, that's Luna. So then 
he had to do reshoots of The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh. But they had to wait for his hair to grow back. Oh, my God. And it took so long, it actually pushed back the release date of the movie. Oh, my God. So. Well, at least they didn't give him, like, a really bad wig. That's true. (laughs) They probably could have. Yeah. I'm surprised he just didn't try. I know. Maybe it just looked too bad. Well, it's like the movie 50-50. Yeah. Um, the scene where he shaves his head is the first scene they shot in the movie. What? And then after that, he wears a wig the whole time. Oh, my gosh. Like, every scene, he's wearing a wig except for the scene he shaves his That's head. That's so weird. Why would they do it that way? I don't know. That <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Nope. So. Uh, so another fun fact from the book is that at one point, Henry says that he refuses to take, to fly anywhere, to take oh, a plane. Yeah. He's like... Yeah, I'm not going to do that because I know that I would time travel out of the plane because it would just be a stressful situation. But he's like, but I don't know if I would go back to the plane. Like, yeah, when I was returning back to my time, because like he doesn't always land in the same place when he comes back. Yeah. It's like some slightly different. He's like one like foot to the left. And I'm just like. In flying in the air <laughs> yeah like falling to my death so he's just like yeah i just like don't i don't take planes i don't fly <laughs> i don't want to test those limits yeah yeah <laughs> so that's our uh, lightning round uh thanks for listening to this episode it was so fun to get to talk about this yeah I'm, definitely check out the book it's definitely so i'm glad after hearing the entire plot from adina <laughs> i got to experience it for myself oh my god i'm so sorry it's like it, no but it's like meta like the time traveler's wife like yeah i knew everything you experienced it again yeah you informed me like a time traveler and then i got <laughs> like to live claire it. telling you about it yes and then you get to live it it was just a meta experience of the book adina <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening. If you're uh, listening on iTunes, leave us a rating. Uh, five stars would be preferable. Um, <laughs> or a review, too, is always helpful. It just mm-hmm. helps our rankings. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Covered2Credits. That's the number two. Mm-hmm. We're also on Instagram. Yep. Oh, my God. Wait. Uh, I'll insert the correct Instagram uh, <laughs> handle right here. Okay. And then uh, find us on Facebook. And we're also on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, we release a monthly bonus podcast called After Credits. And mm-hmm. as to anyone who even gives us a dollar. Yes. Like, you just have to be a patron and we yeah. don't discriminate. So you can listen to our uh, patron only bonus podcast that comes out monthly. Mm-hmm. So definitely uh, check that out. Um, and next episode, we're going to be doing Fahrenheit 451. Yes, the HBO version. Yeah, with Michael B. Jordan. Has just come out or will come out soon. Yeah. So really interested in that. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. We'll Thanks see for you listening. next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>